I'm so cold. Why is it cold here? It's cold everywhere. I cannot get warm. All right, ready? Yep. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Decaf, a weekly podcast by the Beacon Center. I'm Taylor, joined by Mark, our last episode before Christmas. Yep. And before before the new year. year. Yeah, we will not be here next week. We are all going to go home to our respective homes and not be working next week. Not the same home. Merry Christmas to our respective homes. So, Merry Christmas to all, but we want to hit a few things before we go out of town, so I'm ready when you are. Yep, let's go. All right. So, um, Brexit appears to be happening Um, as of, when was the election in the UK? Last week, two weeks ago? I guess it was last week. Um, Boris Johnson won in a landslide, which if you follow... um, what normal people are saying, you could have probably predicted that if you follow what celebrities were saying, British celebrities, you would have thought and AOC. that an AOC, mm-hmm. you would have thought that he was going to go down. And then you started to see uh, toward the end of the day when the exit polls were starting to roll out over there, um, you started to see, as a matter of fact, no, um, the people wanted to keep him in. And it's interesting. I'll let you kind of touch on why that was, but it was a very interesting, I think, potential indicator for what what could happen in our election. Elections in 2020. You and Joe Biden, right? Yeah. As soon as that happened, Joe Biden told people, because uh, Boris Johnson, I mean, more or less, I think he's not exactly the same politically, but he's very similar to Trump. and like kind Just of in his personality. And, yeah, yeah. It grinds you maybe a little bit the wrong way sometimes, right, but right. also pretty conservative, maybe yes. not quite as. Um, and then obviously uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who is the labor leader, is very socialist. I mean, he's like, kind of- so far left that Tony Blair, like, apologize for him and they were like why <laughs> Tony Blair was like why is this guy in charge and he's like maybe he's to the left of even Warren and Sanders for our election he's real left but, but what happened was yeah I mean so um like you said, Johnson won a landslide, and, and Joe Biden came and said, hey, listen, Democrats, this is what's going to happen to us if we nominate, he didn't say their names, but he's like, if we nominate Sanders or Warren, this is going to be like what happened to us. We need to nominate somebody in the middle, which is obviously his plea to, to, to vote which for him. Is, yeah, but, but he was right plug. to say that if they want to win this election, they can't go the same way no. as they go super left. Well, it is, I mean, it's a high indicator. I mean, think about it. You've got the UK choosing to go for a party that ran on a pro-Brexit platform. Mm-hmm. You've got Hong Kong choosing candidates that are pro-freedom. Yeah. I think that what we're seeing is while the celebrities and the the academics and the elites are saying more socialism, more socialism, more socialism, workers and normal people who are paying taxes in these countries are saying, look, we might not love the candidates. We might not love Trump. We might not love Boris Johnson. We might not love these people. But we are kind of more in favor of these candidates that are going to promote freedom across the board. And it's interesting because obviously the UK is much more liberal than we Very are as a country. Very much more. But it seems like a lot of Europe, um, not all of it, but a lot of Europe is kind of moving right while at the same time we're moving left as a country. I mean, if you see the Democratic no. platform, like what these people are saying, Joe Biden would have been an extreme liberal four years ago. Now he's like the moderate in the party. I know. Obama would not stand a chance. Oh, my God, no. Right and now. Mayor Pete, considered the moderate, would be very liberal by any other I standard. I know. So it's... Um, um, it's interesting in global indicators for our election, like actual indicators, not like Russia or whatever, but like <laughs> actual indicators based on how global politics is going, I think is going to be an interesting indicator for our election. Yep. Okay, moving on. Great timing to I wrap know. that up. Okay. Exactly the three minute mark. Yeah, wow. Um, so, Beacon filed a new lawsuit this week, um, an exciting one. We, um, as everyone knows, we love transparency. We are big fans. <laughs> I'm doing like a little heart. If, you we, don't, if you're not watching our video, you, she's doing the heart I'm symbol doing a with heart her in hands. my hands. It's like Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> oh, you have, I'm sure you have a lot of insults for that. Um, but we filed a new lawsuit that 
really stresses a transparency piece, specifically in um, organizations that are being funded by taxpayers that are that refuse to be open with their records. So, what's going on is the Tennessee School Board Association is serving as the functional equivalent of government, essentially. They are... They claim to be private. They claim to be private, but they are required by the state to be the organization that educates state school or local school board members. That um, And and 90% of the organization is funded by taxpayer money, but when asked, they say we're a private organization and we don't have to comply with open records rules. Well, if you're the functional equivalent of government and if you are mandated by the government to educate government people on what they're supposed to be doing, what what makes it so that you don't have to be transparent? Yeah, so it's like they're serving this government function. Exactly. Um, again, it's almost all paid for by taxpayers. And what happened was a woman sent a, a, a freedom of information request or open record mm-hmm. request to get some information, and they said, no, we're not going to give it to you. Um, so that's when kind of Brandon, And their reasoning for not giving it is because they were a private organization. Right. Well, they're 90% funded by taxpayer dollars, and... They are educating school board members, and they're required to do so. School board members have to receive their training and education through the Tennessee School Board Association. And, and it's the same as, like, uh, I talked to Brady, he says the same as, like, Economic Development Board. Yes. Or uh, even CCA or any kind of private prisons have to do these same things. So this idea that they're exempt from this, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's not, I mean, if our tax dollars are paying for them, uh, our tax Payers deserve to know where the money's going and how they're spending it. Especially parents, you know, if a, if a parent wants to know how their kid is is what what their kid is being given by the school board, what kind of education, then they they should know. It's it's just a transparency piece here, and so and it's um, not partisan at all. It's just like no, it's just you straight know up whether and you're down. A, whether you're a socialist or a Tea Party person, you should be able to know what they're teaching. Yeah, how the school board members are being taught and how they're being trained to then go onto the local level in schools, and so. And it could set precedent too, from what Braden said too, because there's a couple other organizations that are kind of like this that are quasi-government but mostly government that that kind of hide. Operate as the functional equivalent. Yeah, but they hide through the secrecy because they're private. So I mean, this is this could do a lot of different things to open this up so that taxpayers uh, from Tennessee can see exactly how their money's being spent and and the transparency angle is so big for us. Yeah, it's crucial. A lot of our lawsuits that we file do have a big piece as far as transparency, being able to know where your tax money is going, holding your elected officials accountable. So this is going to be a fun one to watch. If you are a parent and you want to know more about it or have something to say, let me know because I get fired up on this one. And it's on our website and the, t- the Chattanooga Times Free Press wrote a great article this morning about it. So. Yeah, so we feel pretty good about the trajectory of this one so far. Okay, so moving on to something pretty fun. We, um, Nashville has is the music city and um, but there, it's mostly, I won't say mostly country. There are great alternative bands that are here. There are great bands from all across the spectrum. But Most some, people know it for country. Yes. Like when you say come to Nashville, it's like, I'm going to listen to country music. But in June, some amazing bands are coming to Nashville. There is a, um, I guess, a classic rock tour that's coming through Nashville. Well, what, what is classic rock? I think that this is maybe, I think it's like classic well, this is ha- like hair band. Motley right? Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Like, yeah, fun. Like, what yeah, a 80s tour. Rock. Yeah, yeah, 80s rock as a matter of fact i looked up the tour 90 million dollars in ticket sales was generated from this tour's first weekend of ticket sales that's amazing that's like a lot and of money none of those people have had hits in years Which, I mean, none of them have been relevant exactly and i'll get back to the fun part of it but it does say a lot also and i have to say this it does say a lot for how our economy is doing that so many people have discretionary income to spend on things like going to movies black friday 
concerts like this. Yeah, no, you have I to mean, give me money to go to a concert like yeah, this. Yeah, seriously. So, I, I, so the these, fact that people are paying for that really shows the economy. Right. These tours are doing really, really well, um, and which just kind of goes to show, A, I think that there is a nostalgic element kind of in our age group. A lot of people in our age group um, are well, really late about, 20s, about early 30s. About 10 years older than us, I'd are, say. Well, I mean, even in our age, I, I am excited to see how many of my friends go to this tour, but there is a nostalgic element in people of our age group who who listen to this stuff in the car with our parents and now want to go see these bands in Nashville. But also, this is a heck of a tour that's coming through here. And so I wanted to ask Mark. Mark and I have very different tastes in music. Um, what I have a list of my some of my favorite 80s bands. Okay. Let's hear some of yours. You and I want to see if any of ours match. If, if okay. any of ours match what I have, I have five bands I, written here. Okay, I bet they won't. If I, if I don't I, think if they I will. Guess. Okay, see, I, I really like the, the power ballads, which was like when the oh when gosh. those hair bands, like, I mean, Poison's on there, but when they sing like the romantic songs, like you have Kiss, Poison. Where they have um, like the music Motley videos Crow. of the hair, their hair blowing oh, yeah, in the breeze. Oh, God, exactly, like, yeah. On the top montages the fading in and out. That's right, exactly. So like Fleetwood I, Mac is not oh, your jam. Gross. I hate, no, 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 I don't like them. Um, Aerosmith. They're fine. They want to make, make my Did top Did you have five. the Aerosmith Guitar Hero game? No, I didn't play okay. Guitar Hero. What about like. Queen? No, I don't like Queen. The Cure? No, don't. I hate The Cure. Oh I, my think they're, gosh. I think they're so overrated. Bon Jovi? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you okay, that one. Okay, I, I, so we're one for one for five. I think Bon Jovi's a really good one. Yeah, see, I would go more with like some of the uh, some of the ones that maybe lasted. Like, I mean, Santana was the 80s, and they kind of have made it's it true. last. It's um, true. I always like, like. You've I, made it last. I like more of the one-hit wonders. Like, Come On, Eileen by do. Dexie's Midnight Runners. Yes, that's a great song, though. I know. And Look, and the power ballad, yeah, like Winger and all these. I mean, that, that who should so do that? So you won't be going to this. I, what I if your girlfriend I, I actually, wants to go? If my what? If your girlfriend wants to go? I'm like, no, well, that's, that that's, makes sense. With oh that, my no. gosh! Um, if your girlfriend wants to go, I think she has better taste than that. But who knows? Oh my she gosh! She has pretty bad taste. She can so come hang knows? out with you. Uh, no, I, I would like to go. I, I would go to that. I think it'd be fun to see. And Tommy Lee will be there. So okay, win, well, win. tickets for this go on sale <laughs> January 10th. I didn't look, but I know they go on sale January January 10th for Nashville. So it might be 45 million each. That makes sense if two people bought tickets. Seriously, oh Lord. Um, so another thing, the last thing I want to talk about in the spirit of Christmas, Mark and I talk about movies a lot, mm -hmm. and we talk about how we disagree a lot. Um, but Christmas movies, I think that now around Christmas time, I, I, I don't, I can't think of any other holiday that has as many movies no. that people really get in the spirit of holiday movies. Um, and, and there's a lot of the, and you people really disagreeing because a lot of people like the old school ones, yes, the newer ones. Which I will say, I am if we're if we're gonna give any podcast recommendations, I like to give podcast recommendations. Mike Rowe, his podcast, the way I heard it, he has one episode that is about a Christmas movie. And I'm not gonna say what it's about because I want everyone to go listen to it. It's only seven minutes long, but it's called Thirty Minutes of Disappointing Television. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave it at that because it's the best. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. If anyway, it was audio, it could be just about our podcast. That's true. <laughs> seriously, but um, it's a great podcast. You go listen to it in the spirit of Christmas but again I'm going to see where Mark and I match up on some of our oh, favorite Christmas movies I bet we're not so I will say that you're probably in the majority of this one I think I'm in the minority because I don't like the old Christmas movies I don't like like the what's it the, the Christmas fair. story that's um, I mean it's, it's fair it's a wonderful life it. I'm not into this you those. don't like it's a wonderful no, life I don't, it's not that I don't oh, like them I just my that's gosh. not they're too old for me it's hard to watch Mark, the black and white stuff that hurts me that you don't like it's a wonderful life I mean it's fine I don't hate it I just like when I think Christmas movie, I think Christmas Vacation is clearly number one. Well, yeah, it's hilarious. Yes. I mean, but like, I like Four Christmases. The uh, <laughs> I love Four Christmases oh, when they're playing Taboo. Oh, God, so 
funny. And the mom's talking like with her like new boyfriend yes. talking about these like sexual God, things. So funny. I know. That's so okay. So okay, that one's really good. funny. The holiday. Holiday's very good. Oh, yeah, I watched yeah. it last night. I know every line of and, that movie. And then hold up. So we talked about this a little bit, but what about uh, Love Actually? That was so good. Love Actually. I've watched it three times this season already. Which, did you see Boris Johnson's Love Actually ad for? Yeah, Craig? it was I mean, amazing. It was so and, like people love. Talk it. about talking to the people who are your. I know. Just your market. He really marketed so well to them. And it like was Britain's perfect. known more for that movie, like internationally than probably any other. I mean, maybe James seriously, Bond, like, that kind of Love Actually kind of set off that um, chain of the movies, like uh, New were, Year's God, Eve. God, they were all so bad like, except for that one. They're though. all terrible, but Love Actually uh, is so good, and how they really all good. tie together, kind of at the end and the Prime Minister's sister. Anyway, it's just Wait, so can good. I bring up a Taylor Swift reference for you? I know you love it. Uh, but yeah. the, the best song she sings is from that Valentine's Day movie. Which one? Uh, Today's a Fairy Tale. I really oh, like I that love Today's a Fairy Tale. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I love that song from that movie, and that's why oh, I watched it. So good, so good. And she was a Taylor Lautner in that movie. That's right. Um, okay, what other Christmas movies do you like? We only have 20 seconds Well, you left. pick yours. Is there, what, what well, I, have, I mean, The Holiday is my favorite. Okay, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey version. The new one? And he says, what will I wear? That's cute. Favorite so one too. funny. She watched it about five times every year. I made my own Hubilation I Heart Xmas sweatshirt and I wore it with green tights like the Grinch one year. Um, <laughs> that should be your Halloween costume next year. That should be my hat. Oh, it would be a great Grinch. I'm usually pretty grumpy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, let's let's end on I'm usually pretty grumpy. Well, that is our recap for the year. I guess 2019 has been a big year for us. Yep. We um, had we a great this. year at Beacon. We launched this. We didn't launch Overcaffeinated, but Overcaffeinated grew so much. We filed some great lawsuits. Suits, had some uh, Beacon Impact RC4, had some great wins. And our first year ever, so we track media hits, first year ever that we've gone over a thousand like big media hits. That's yeah. the first time ever for the year. So, so we've had a really successful year. We are so thankful that you've been part of it. Um, in the new year, our first episode of the new year, we want to do a, a recap of what happened in the teens because yep. it'll be 2020. So because I'll, we want, I'll, I'll be seen with perfect vision. Perfect vision. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are doing like 2020 vision kind of things for like the yeah, new year. Funny. So it's pretty cool. Um, so from all of our team to your team, happy holidays, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, all the holidays, yes. um, happy new year. Thank you so much for being part of all the success that we've had this year, and we can't wait to see you in the ne- in the new year and see what comes of it. Absolutely. And a happy Hanukkah to any yeah, Jewish to people out there. All the holidays that you might be celebrating. <laughs> no, Festivus. Happy, ev- ha- happy everything. <laughs> happy everything. And we'll see you in 2020.